Greetings, everyone. This is Rico, and welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi, podcast 602 for September the 18th, 2016. On today's show, we're going to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Yes, that's the show for today. Here we go. You know the greatest danger facing us is ourselves and a rational fear of the unknown. There's no such thing as the unknown. Only things temporarily hidden, temporarily not understood. I'm pleased to see you, Captain. You should have done this a long time ago. So, if I can't stop, nothing wild, and the sky's the limit. It is the unknown that defines our existence. We are constantly searching, not just for answers to our questions, but for new questions. Maybe it's not the destination that matters. Maybe it's the journey. There are 400 billion stars in our galaxy. We've only explored a tiny fraction. We have a lot of work to do. Again, welcome to the podcast, everyone. This is Rico, and we're starting now into the 600s of Treks and Sci-Fi, and I hope you enjoyed that opening. found that it's a fan-made uh, YouTube video, uh, a tribute to the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, and unlike the uh, the one put out by CBS Paramount, it, it includes uh, all the series. Uh, actually didn't uh, throw anything from the new movies in there, but... Uh, it's um, well. We'll talk a lot about that today on on, uh, on the podcast. Uh, I I want to say a couple things first. First off, I want to say thanks to Jeff Jedi Jeff last week for stepping in and doing another great ship show. Ship show, yeah, ship show. Say it ten times fast, five times fast. Ship show, ship show, ship show. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was cool. I, I really enjoyed that, Jeff. Uh, look at the Franklin and, and some Rogue One ships. And just, yeah, it was good Good to see you uh, back in the saddle doing some more uh, talk about ships. So thanks for that. Uh, also wanted to say, um, I'm not sure, I don't remember if Jeff announced that at the end of last week's show. But uh, this week, the original idea for this week's podcast was to, for that, I was planning on covering all the pilot episodes from the various Star Trek series. I thought that would be a fun thing to do to sort of celebrate the 50th anniversary. Uh, but uh, I decided, to, I, kind of at the last minute, I changed my mind. I'm still going to do that in a few weeks, early October. I still want to do that. But it needs a little more time, a little more prep. Uh, and today, as has been for about the last month of weekends, I've been working on my garage drywalling and mudding and taping and, and just... Uh, it's going pretty well. It, we're we're um, yeah, maybe it could kind of say the home stretch. I, I think uh, the walls are all up. Of course, I'm, I'm now I'm still filling and patching, and we'll be sanding soon, and then painting. So uh, it's going well, but I'm I'm a bit whipped. I didn't have a lot of time to prep for the podcast, so I, I was thinking about this uh, after I came in from my work in the garage. I'm actually recording this more on Sunday evening instead of my usual Sunday morning. But I was thinking about what to, what to talk about, and and uh, since I really hadn't had a chance to talk about the 50th uh, anniversary of Star Trek, the last time I was on, I did my anniversary show back uh, a couple of weeks ago. But I thought this would be a good opportunity. I'm going to talk about a few things, a few stories. Uh, this is going to be kind of a nostalgic or a trip down nostalgia lane uh, for me, talking a little bit about my history with Star Trek. Uh, some of this stuff I've talked about on previous podcasts, but if you're a newer listener or uh, maybe if you've heard these things before, there'll be a little bit more detail on some of these stories. But I kind of want to talk about the early days of my, my time with Trek and, and how it's kind of evolved over the years to a degree. And uh, it's going to be more of just me talking a conversation. I'll, I'll try to maybe throw in a few clips now and then and, and things like that. But <clears throat> excuse me, but it'll be a pretty casual show at probably won't be that long although i've said that before and it goes an hour anyway i'm going to shoot for more like maybe half hour 45 minutes maybe 45 minutes we'll we'll say but yeah i thought this would be a good 
chance to do this. Uh, Star Trek has obviously meant a lot to me over the years. Uh, I know when I did the live show a couple of weeks ago, I was pretty happy with how that came out. I had this idea to do what I thought were significant moments throughout Trek uh, history. And, and in this uh, today's show, I'm going to talk about, to me, significant moments for me specifically uh, with regards to uh, <clears throat> Star Trek. Uh, sorry, I keep clearing my mouth. <laughs> I probably need to get some tea or something like that. Uh, we just had dinner. And uh, but yeah, that's the plan. Uh, Going to talk a little bit about Trek uh, and and kind of you know my early days with it, like I said, and 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 throughout time. So throughout time sounds very momentous. Speaking of time, uh, before I really get into talk about Trek, uh, I'll, I'll talk about a couple little casual things, movies, TV, and stuff for a few minutes here. But I watched this movie last night. Speaking of time, called Ark. Uh, it's a Netflix original movie, not a Netflix original TV show, not to be confused with that. They've done a few of these, um, but anyway, it, uh, this one just came out, ARQ, ARC, and, and basically it's a time travel type tale, kind of a Groundhog Day kind of story where this um, this, this scientist, kind of young, young man, he's uh, developed a kind of accidentally uh, something that's looping time, looping the day over and over again. I'm not going to say too much. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it's, you know, the, there's a lot of TV shows and movies that have done this concept to, you know, the kind of Groundhog Day repeating uh, over and over. And, and usually there's someone who knows what's going on, like the protagonist, the main character of the story. But this one has a few twists on that, which is interesting. So yeah, I, I, it was about an, only about an hour and a half Netflix. So if you got a Netflix account and you like time travel or you like that kind of an idea, check out ARC. Uh, Robbie Amell is uh, is the main character star. You know, he's uh, he's been in Legends of Tomorrow. He's been in the Flash TV show. Um, he was also on that uh, Tomorrow People show, which to me was a, was a really cool show. I wish it would have continued more than just a season. So yeah. Uh, He's also, what is he, the cousin or the brother? I can never remember of Stephen Amell, who plays the Arrow. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think they're brothers. They're not brothers, are they? I think they're cousins. Anyway, uh, so I watched that last night. Um, what else have I seen lately? Not a lot. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't think I've been out to the theater in a few weeks. I saw Star Trek Beyond again one more time, uh, although I think I talked about that because that's been about a month at least since I saw that. I didn't get a chance. I was going to try to see it uh, when it came back. It was in IMAX for another week or so, but uh, I had to travel out of town the first week of September and just didn't get a chance to do that. So, uh, so anyway, that uh, and TV, uh, Mr. Robot is, is still uh, an awesome show. Halt and Catch Fire. Uh, these aren't really sci-fi shows, although Halt and Catch Fire talks about or is set in the early days of the computer industry. So that's pretty pretty cool. I finished up the season of Killjoys, which is sci-fi. It airs on the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, season two of that, I really like that show. It's a lot of fun. It has little elements of different shows. It reminds me of different things, uh, and in uh, the characters and the actors on the show are really good. Uh, I, I stopped watching Dark Matter. I just it didn't grab me as much as Killjoys. So, uh, but I, I still think that 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 was a pretty interesting show too. There hasn't been a ton on. Oh, the what are we up to the third season of from dusk till dawn the the tv series for the vampire lovers out there uh that show is back on the l ray network if you get that on your cable channel um it it's it's a really cool show and it has a very different take on vampires and i, I again i like the actors i like the I like the characters so it, it's a fun little show um on the, the the they ended up the they ended the season of the last ship not sci-fi but uh, sort of about a, a plague you know that that uh, decimates a big part of the world's population so I guess sort of sci-fi a little but mostly set in regular times and uh, that show always just gets me going you know there there's uh, <laughs> there's just anytime there's the end of the world there there's there's always bad people that just come out of the woodwork you know they. Uh, I always wonder if, if that ever really were to happen, if, if people would be as nasty as uh, as they apparently are, you know, when, when the world is falling apart. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's hard to say. So, um, but yeah, not a lot, not much uh, television really. Uh, oh, I did watch. It's not um, 
it's not a uh, sci-fi show again, but I've been catching up on some other things, and I watched the first season, finally, of True Detective on HBO. Man, that's a great show. Great little uh, one season uh, with Woody Harrelson and, and uh, Matthew McConaughey. It's it's just fantastic. If you, if you like a, a good kind of cop drama set in the past a little bit and set in the down south area of, of the U.S., uh, check that out if you have. I mean, it's a couple years old now, but... Uh, for those, if you have never watched it, it it's pretty also pretty, it, it's not for the faint of heart. It's a pretty strong show, so uh, just warn you about that. All right, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the new shows coming out. We have uh, a lot of new stuff. I really should set up um, a show to do, talk about TV, you know, new new TV season. This week we're getting some things coming back. Uh, we've got uh, Gotham back this week, I think. We've got Big Bang Theory back. Um so there's, um, you know, quite a few things going on. I wanted to also say, if you hear occasionally a, a lawnmower kind of noise or some kind of weird noise, Lynn, Lynn is out cutting our grass right now. So uh, <laughs> I was too whipped from working in the garage. So she, I usually cut the grass, but she's cutting it this week. So there's a there's a little home thing for you, a Rico home thing. Yeah, the guys always cut the grass pretty much, don't they? Usually, kind of. Anyway, uh, I, I don't mind doing it. I like kind of doing it, but, man, I just wore myself out today out in the garage all day. So, um, all right, let's 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 just take a short break. When I get back, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, very early days of Star Trek for me and and, uh, and how uh, how I first got started with it and, and, and what I did in the early years related to Trek. So uh, I'll be right back. I'm back. So the early days of Trek for me, uh, as I've said quite a few times probably on the podcast, is I started, uh, I never watched the original series when it first aired. Uh, I was too young, way too young. Uh, let's just emphasize that. <laughs> anyway, the uh, what really got Star Trek going, you know, as many, many people know, are the uh, original series reruns. When those started to uh, to show up on television years after it ended, uh, where um, even though uh, you know Star Trek actually did fairly good in the ratings, unlike some people's thoughts and opinions or whatever, Mark Cushman outlines that in his his great book series. You know, especially the first couple of seasons, it it did pretty well in its time slots. But um, point being, though, once it went into syndication and the reruns were airing in all these markets all around the US, all around the world, a lot of people started watching these reruns of Star Trek, mostly, well, for a few reasons. One, it was on all the time. It, it was um, it was airing, you know, like every night. And uh, so so you would have like, uh, I'll give you an, an idea, an example, you know, there's 70, 79 episodes, right? So not quite 90, so less than three months if you're airing an episode a night, you know, in less than three months, you have, you know, you're airing all the episodes again, and then three months, and three months, and three months. Now, some stations did that. They were pretty good about airing the episodes and, and not repeating, but some repeated some things. 
and there was sort of a randomness to some of the syndication episodes and, and reruns and it was a little weird my local uh i think channels did a pretty good job of of airing them without repeating too much and, you know so every about three months the episodes would um, would be airing the weird thing about that though back in those days as some of you know would probably a lot of you maybe know i don't know uh, was that the episodes were not um, full episodes. They were cut. They were cut to put more commercials in them for syndication. So so when I would watch these episodes, when I first started watching Star Trek, and I, and I think I've said before, the, first, the very first episode of Star Trek, the original series that I, I ever saw that I can recall to this day, that I, I'm pretty, pretty sure this was the first one that I ever really watched, all the way from the beginning was tomorrow was yesterday from uh, the first season when they they slingshot and they're back in earth in the 60s and they pull aboard that uh, air force pilot and all that which it's a pretty cool episode but it's also a very different type of star trek episode it's not like most of the original series you know it's pretty unique and different uh, a lot of it is not you know involving the ship uh, you know they're not on the ship and there's some weird things in the episode that that are just not typical it's not a typical like ship show and, and so forth and there's a pretty pretty heavily used guest star too and, and they did use guest stars in the original series of course uh, you know they had Harry Mudd for one for a good example and, and so forth but uh, but anyway so that was I believe the first episode that I ever watched and 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 then I started to watch it pretty regularly the the thing I was gonna say though before about how they cut these episodes was that um, they would cut another Eh, I don't know, three, four, five minutes at least, maybe even six minutes worth of, of episode uh, per airing. Now, here here is the weird thing. They they would have multiple versions of an episode. Now, now this is based on my viewings back in those days, uh, you know, in the 70s when these things were airing in syndication heavily. Uh, they would have like an episode, uh, it was at least two or three versions of it because the reason I know this is that I started, you know, I had an old, old uh, little cassette recorder, you know, the old style ones, if you're familiar with them, with a little mono mic attached to it and stuff like that that, that held cassette tapes. And what I did was I would hang the microphone near the, the television speaker and I would record Star Trek episodes on little cassette tapes to listen to them, the audio, because it, it, Star Trek is really a, a great show to watch, or not to watch, uh, well, it's a great show to watch, but... It's a great show to just listen to because especially the original series, the dialogue and the scripts are so strong and, and you can really follow along pretty much. I mean, there's action in episodes, but but there's so much dialogue and so much good dialogue that the, the audio is, is a pretty good uh, pretty good storyteller. So I, re I would record these episodes on cassettes, uh, but I would... I was I was starting to notice that when the, when they would come around again, when I would see like tomorrow is yesterday again, or a muck time, or city on the edge of forever, for example, uh, my favorite, uh, they they were different. You know, there'd be pieces in the episode that I hadn't seen the first time I watched it, and then lo and behold, when it would show again, there'd be things that I hadn't seen the first time, and there were episodes that sometimes they chopped them so badly that it took sometimes two or three recordings at least or two or three versions of of watching the episode to see it all and sometimes even little bits i swear there were episodes years later that i would catch and, and i'm like i don't think i ever saw that little part before you know it happened there <laughs> it just it was ridiculous it was really a, a sad situation in a way uh you know that that these things were so messed up the way they were uh, usually it was two, maybe three uh, at the most cuts of the episode that they had. And sometimes they were just shorter, like they would be going to the turbo lift or they were walking down a corridor and they would cut that out. But sometimes it was some important stuff. And and so that's kind of my early days of, of Star Trek where I was watching the original series. Now, most of the time, the episodes you could still you know follow, of course, and it, it wasn't huge things like oh look uh you know kirk just died or spock died or something happened major and they would cut that out you know they tried to do it in in points of the episode but there wasn't a lot of like you know stuff you could just chop out of those episodes and keep in mind the original series episodes were were longer than present day tv episodes tv episodes these days are like 42 minutes maybe for an hour 
that uh, give or take 40 I don't think they're even 45 minutes these days maybe a, a shy under 45 in the US market at least there's at least a good 15 16 17 minutes of commercials per hour but but back in uh, the original series day you know 51 52 53 minutes 52 let's say or so so there's only about eight minutes of commercials but when they went to syndication, they wanted to cram probably another five or six minutes worth of commercials in there. So you had to chop, you know, these episodes were fairly long for an hour-long TV show. Uh, it, again, a network uh, nighttime television, they got it, they were okay. They were cut for those, you know, the episodes were produced and cut for that time frame with about eight minutes of commercials. But to shove five or six more minutes of commercials in meant you had to take away from the episode. So... Uh, I've probably talked about that much longer than I planned on, but it was an important thing for me because as a, as a, as a kid watching these things, it, it got to be very frustrating. And I try, I, you know, I, I diligently would track the TV guide and I would diligently track when episodes were airing. And I would say like to myself, okay, I, I definitely need to see Balance of Terror the next time it comes on. Because I, because I didn't, I don't think I've seen the whole thing, or I want more of the audio from it. And uh, and what I did is I got myself a couple. I had another, I got another tape recorder eventually, so that I could sort of dub the episodes. I could, I could basically take these different versions of the episodes and make a complete audio copy. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it was a lot of, <laughs> it was a lot of work. You know, it was. I still have those tapes somewhere stuffed away in a box. I think. Uh, but it, it was a huge amount of work, you know, in this days where we can order like a, in, you know, Blu-ray sets of Trek, you know, multiple different Blu-ray versions. You can get them uh, digital downloads. Uh, they're airing on TV. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so, we're so spoiled now. But back then, uh, that was what I did. And I, I was, my brother and I, I have a brother and a sister. And my brother and I, we didn't have a very big house, so we would sh we shared a bedroom. And most nights, you know, even though we were watching these episodes, my brother is was a and is a huge Star Trek fan as well as, as me. But we would watch or not we would watch, well we would watch the episodes in syndication. But then we would listen to we'd pick an episode. You know, one night he'd pick a favorite of his, uh, and, and and like he loves Journey to Babel, Balance of Terror. He likes those kinds of shows. Uh, I, I like Amok Time, City on the Age Forever. I like Shore Leave a lot. You know. But we would pick one, and we would listen to the audio. We listened to the uh, audio version of it as we kind of went to sleep at night. And I, I can even remember, you know, wishing, boy, it'd be nice if there was a way to just turn on a, a Star Trek episode anytime you wanted. I used to think that uh, as we would lay there in bed. Now, now that's kind of you know come true. I, I can take my iPad up to bed and pretty much watch a Star Trek episode. It, it, pick any one that I want and watch it, just you know, on demand. So it's 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 almost so nice and so easy now. It makes it a little, in a way, less special sometimes. So, uh, and then um, then we started to get interested in both costuming a little bit, even as kids, and building things and stuff. So uh, I'm going to take a little break, and we'll come back with that. Uh, our first taste of cosplay. We didn't even call it cosplay back then. It was just making. Star Trek costumes, Star Trek uniforms, and other costumes, and then started to get our first taste of going to conventions as well. So I'll be right back and talk about that. Okay, I'm back. Uh, yeah, so so again, listened listened to a lot of episodes of Star Trek, watched a lot of episodes. I even remember I had this, uh, I had taken these little like uh, pieces of paper, uh, 
uh, I don't know, maybe about six inches, five inches by four inches, maybe four by six inches or so. And I wrote the episode, the, the original series episode name on, on each little piece of paper. And I had like a little uh, hook, uh, a couple of little hooks in my, uh, in my bedroom on a, near a shelf. And, and I would like put, uh, I would put one of these, the name of the episode basically that was airing that day kind of hang it up there like almost like dates on your calendar so uh so yeah anyway the uh <laughs> I'd, I'd be able to look in the bedroom you know i'd put that up there for the morning and i go oh it's gonna be tonight's gonna be day of the dove or or uh or tonight's gonna be you know uh charlie x or whatever it is you know and then i i had a little like i would i would use different like uh little things i would put a little comment by like uh charlie x you know when, when a teenager comes aboard the enterprise and goes crazy or something like that i would write on the card too not that i really needed a reminder because you know i watched these original episodes so much that i i had them pretty well memorized i mean i used to uh maybe i'm not quite as good as it as i used to be uh but uh, you know I could, I could pretty much once you start watching in an original series episode I, I could I could pretty much say all the words that are coming before whoever it is that's speaking would say them there are a few episodes I don't know as well as others but the ones that I've seen a lot of which is probably three quarters of them you know there was a probably three quarters of them that I always watched every one every time it aired and then there was another quarter where I was like yeah I've seen that one five or six times now it's not a favorite so I wouldn't watch it again for a while but uh, yeah, I got pretty good at quoting uh, Star Trek. I can even remember when I was first dating Lynn, and uh, her dad was a pretty big fan of the original series. And and, and this is back, uh, well, Next Gen was started, I guess, or something around then, or I don't know. It was just going to start pretty soon. But they're still, you know, the original series has been in, you know, showing in reruns since it basically, almost since it went off the air. But there would be times where we'd be over at, at their house and a Star Trek episode was on. And I know I, I, I probably freaked them out a little bit when I was saying lines to the episode before it, before they, uh, before it came on, before Kirk or Spock would say something, I, I would, I would say the lines. So, okay. Uh, I said, uh, before the little music break there for that little animated series music, I, I said that I was going to talk a little bit about, uh, what we first started to get into costuming. So, um, after a few years of this, we decided, I, I kind of decided, you know, we wanted to go to Star Trek convention and they were not as nearly as often in common as they were now. I can remember going to one down in Detroit. I, I think I've talked about this where um, George Takei was there. He was the big guest. And uh, this was a very early Star Trek convention. And then I went to one in Canada. I went up to one in Toronto where we, we had costumes for and my younger brother dressed up as the Mugatu, the white furry ape, uh, and we actually won a prize that time for uh, best humorous because we went up on stage. There was a uh, myself in my uniform, a friend of mine. I think my friend went too, yeah. But anyway, my brother and he was waving to the audience, kind of goofing around, almost like a clown, and uh, and they got a kick out of that. And that, that was a pretty good costume, man. He used to just sweat in that costume though. Wearing a furry costume over your whole body is 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 really um, is is hot. I can't imagine these people on movie sets and TV sets with all the bright lights being in one of those costumes for very long. I I I've, my certainly my heart goes out to people who have to wear heavy costumes in any kind of movie set or TV set. Uh, but so we you know there were no patterns. We basically found you know I, my mom was a pretty good. Uh, you know, good with a sewing machine and seamstress. So we found a basically a basic kind of shirt pattern. I think it might even have been a pair of like uh, pajama tops or something like that, maybe, because it's very simple. And we found some uh, velour, um, you know, which was actually the original uh, costumes were made out of that, the uniform tops. And stuff we, we, we found, uh, you know, the three colors, gold, blue, and, and red, uh, that, that matched the colors pretty closely. The blue was a little, just a tinge off. The red wasn't too bad. Uh, the gold was actually, I think if I recall right, was was a, was a pretty good gold. Um, and it was actually my good friend Alan, Alan Tracy, I called him back then because his middle name is Tracy, who eventually went on to be the captain of our little uh, audio dramas that some of you have heard, the Aurora uh, missions, uh, our Starship Aurora tales. 
Uh, but he had a gold uniform. We, we, uh, he made a gold one. My brother was uh, a red uniform when he wasn't the Mugatu. And I was, of course, always, I've always been the science guy. So I, I was the blue science officer back then. And we just got some black pants, you know, no, nothing fancy for the boots, really. Or, you know, it was pretty low budget, pretty low key. And we made our own little insignias, you know, because back in the original series, each ship had their own insignia. So we he made, we made our, our Aurora insignia was kind of a, sort of a star shape, kind of an eight-pointed star shape uh, with four points, uh, top, bottom, and left, right, and then a smaller point in between those. I always kind of thought it was a cool insignia for a ship uh, for, um, for Star Trek. So, uh, so that was our insignias. We made, of course, different looks for engineering and science and command. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we, we made those. My, my mom basically worked on that and helped us with that. She helped with the Mugatu costume. And this was also the period of time where I started to build things, build panels and build, uh, little, little like Star Trek kind of props and models and just a ton of stuff. You know, I was always cannibalizing something in the house, Christmas lights or or anything that I could get my hands on to build something out of. And uh, a lot of this revolved around a couple of things that came out in the book world back then were the um, the technical manual by Franz Joseph and also the um, the blueprints by him. So the both those things, I just poured over those for reference and took a lot of tried to take a lot of still images right off the television for reference of things and of course a few basic books that i had at the time the making of star trek the world of star trek a couple of things but there was so little around then most people don't really realize you know of course there was no internet there were a few magazines that were being published starlog was was just starting off uh, and, and you really had, you just had, you know, a lot of what I did was, was kind of by memory, just by watching these episodes so many times over and over again. So, so as I've been going through this, you can see Star Trek was, uh, kind of consumed me, uh, you know, as I was growing up, it, it became, uh, you know, really set to me on the course, I think that I am now and, you know, loving science fiction. And I also started to read, I really got into Star Trek before I really started to read and watch uh, much uh, other sci-fi. Uh, I hadn't really done or been interested in it that much. I mean, I'd watched a little like Lost in Space and other kind of the limited shows that were on on the air. Eventually, Space 1999, when that started and all that. Planet of the Apes television show, anything. But Star Trek really got me going on it. I started to read a lot of the classic sci-fi books by Heinlein and Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, so it really influenced me a lot. So this this being the 50th anniversary year of Star Trek is is a big deal for me. It's, uh, you know, I've probably been, uh, well, what, probably, you know, 40 years at least of, of following it and watching it and loving it. And, you know, really, there isn't, there is a rare day that goes by that I, that I don't have some, you know, connection to Star Trek either. You know, these days it's online a lot or games or watching a TV uh, episode or movie or, or whatever it might be. And of course, doing the podcast all these years has been a big uh, influence on that. So, uh, let's uh so so yeah we started to go to a few little conventions that started off we um we kind of formed a little sort of i don't think it was official we sort of had a little group of us at at, uh, at school that were the star trek guys we didn't really form i don't think we formed we had a chess club gosh that was nerdy and geeky enough <laughs> i used to be pretty good at chess i'm not good anymore i haven't played nearly uh enough in the in recent years so you don't play it you don't really have that knack anymore you kind of lose it it's like uh it's almost like a, a, a skill if you're a sports person you know if you don't practice you don't stay conditioned uh and chess is kind of like that but we even had 3d chess sets we used to play 3d chess uh, but uh but yeah we were um we were the star trek guys and this of course started us on the course to do our own episodes form our own crew form our own ship and start writing scripts for our, our very own star trek episodes
So, the adventures of the crew of the USS Aurora, NCC-1512. Uh, yeah, we, we created our own ship, basically uh, patterned after the original series, patterned after the original series Constitution Class Enterprise. We surmised that eventually they'd get out of the 1-7, NCC-1-7s, and we gave ourselves, uh, I think originally we, we chose 1-7-1-2, but found out that another ship, when some of the other reference material came out, maybe the tech manual or something, we found out that was taken, so we, we made ourselves uh, NCC-1512, the USS Aurora. Uh, we were all playing basically versions of ourselves for the most part. We had a few guest stars each week. Did, uh, what did we do, six of them? I think six episodes uh, scripted and typed up and uh, on good old typewriters. No word processors, no computers. <laughs> and and just had a blast doing them. I would record them on, on audio tapes and put sound effects from that I'd grab from TV shows and music that I could grab with no one talking over too much. Uh, so, you know, when things are out these days, like sound effects, discs of CDs of Star Trek sound effects and music, you know, whole sets of TOS music, it's just a dream. You know, I, I, I'd love to be able to do things like that again, audio dramas, just for fun, of course, CBS Paramount, if you're listening. It's just for fun. I won't even put it on the internet. Well, maybe just to a few friends. So... So anyway, uh, by the way, go go watch Embrace the Winds by the uh, Star Trek Continues folks. It's really good. It might be their last fan film. I don't know. Maybe they're going to do one more. I think they had one more kind of going. So I'm hoping there's one more still out there that's coming. I'm not sure. Uh, before all the CBS Paramount rules got uh, squished in there. So so the crew of the Aurora, What we, we one of the things that I don't think I've talked about before is we, we mapped out my, it was basically my friend Alan, or Tracy again, as he was called back then, and Rob and I, the three of us, kind of the three amigos, we were best buds throughout. We were kind of, uh, when I watched that Stranger Things uh, TV show, uh, that little group, uh, you know, there were a couple other people, uh, my friend Paul and, and eventually another guy named Dave that we met in high school. There was five or six of us, though, that we, you know, we hung out all the time. We played Dungeons and Dragons and, and of course, Star Trek and went to Star Trek movies and, and sci-fi movies and all that. But we, um, but it was mainly in the early part of it, it was uh, my friend uh, Tracy and, and Rob and I. And the three of us, we, we completely mapped out the entire crew of the Aurora, all 430 people. And I wanted to bring this up because <laughs> I have still stuck away in a... In a in a folder, I have that whole crew uh, roster, basically. And what we did, we didn't just do this like, you know, we were nerds, and we still are nerds. So we did this kind of a hard way. We would we would take uh, an old, we were taking old phone books, and we were basically going through the phone book, and we were finding like, okay, what's a common name? And everybody knows the real common names: Smith, Jones whatever johnson and stuff like that but we were going you know and we didn't do like every page of everything or categorize everything but we basically flipped through the phone book and tried to get a feel for oh there's a lot of like you know mcmillan's or whatever or there's a lot of you know this type of name and and then we put a few fun names in there like i i, I was fond of grabbing names from characters of television and movie things that i liked that weren't super well known and I'd make them characters on our ship and give them a position on our ship somewhere. So we, we did this, we typed up a whole list of the whole crew, all 430 crew members. We gave them positions, we gave them ranks, we gave them serial numbers. And again, we tried to use a phone book or multiple phone books to try to get a, you know, kind of have a rough feel for names that, that would, you know, make up a typical group of 400 people approximately. Now, don't get confused and think or don't think that we were only grabbing like, you know, Americans or something. No, we, we threw in people from other countries. We, th we threw a smattering of people from other countries in and also a smattering of aliens. But uh, not a lot of those because, again, honestly, even though the original series is is always touted as being very diverse, and it, and it is and it was, uh, it's still, you know, there's one alien and he's a half alien, and he, you know, uh, and, and the rest of them could easily be, you know, we've got a Scotsman, but most of them could be easily walking around the United States, frankly. Uh, so, so it's, um, 
it's not we didn't really emphasize a lot of like other aliens that much although i think we invented a couple of aliens i'm trying to remember back i think we invented a couple of new aliens and threw them in there on our ship and and tried to of course we had a smattering of vulcans because we knew vulcans pretty well from the original series so so that was fun and then of course we started to produce or make our own episodes uh, these little audio dramas and they were just for us you know there was no internet and it was just you know i i made copies for everybody i would grab people from uh whoever i could grab basically to record lines for for bit parts and things like that uh even my younger sister is in there when she was young uh, on, on a couple of things and i would there were some I, I knew some of the theater people at school and so i would get them to record lines and stuff and I, and and I would hand him a script, and I said, "Just read it." You know, we didn't. Our acting skills were were basically non-existent. We just we just we had fun with it. We tried to kind of act out the parts and stuff a bit. And sometimes I think later on in the episodes, the the later ones, we got a little bit better. But it was still pretty pretty rusty and pretty. Uh, uh, don't worry, CBS Paramount. No one's gonna come looking for these to uh, to buy or anything like that. So. Uh, what else do I want to cover? I'm, I'm now at about 42 minutes, and I said this wasn't going to be a very long show, so maybe maybe about another five or six minutes or so. I want to kind of wrap, wind it down a bit. Of course, then the movie started to come out. Uh, Star Trek became more and more popular, uh, and and then of course we got our Star Trek: The Next Generation. And once that took off, you know, Star Trek really didn't, you know, didn't never looked back and didn't show any signs of. of of waning until really the uh the time after enterprise got canceled and then you know there was you know that's why i started the podcast i've said that before and so forth and then we've got the new jj abrams started rebooted movies and and all that stuff which which are fun and good especially i really like the last one a lot and uh so that's kind of the uh, you know i i there's a lot of other stuff i mean i i learned a lot of things about building electricity and in model making, prop building, you know, everything in the early days for Star Trek that I did for costuming or for just stuff I wanted to display at home uh, for my own personal use. You couldn't go out and buy a phaser. You couldn't go out and buy a communicator. You know, they had a little, these little, you know, that a good old exploration party kit that was about three quarters or two thirds scale with a phaser, a tricorder and a communicator in it which I can still remember Velcroing, you know, Velcro on the back of those, the communicator especially, and I just thought that was the coolest thing, even though it was a little mini-sized communicator uh, and didn't do anything, no lights, no nothing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that that <laughs> that was that was fun still. And, you know, Star Trek, again, I'm so happy that they've gotten to, you know, their 50th anniversary. It looks like uh, Star Trek Discovery has been pushed out to next May, May of 2017. They weren't quite ready to do it for uh, January, which isn't too big of a surprise to anyone. Although I, I, I don't, I, I would rather when they announce these things that they don't put a date on it until they, they have a really enough information to make a real date. They should have just up till this point said Star Trek Discovery coming sometime in 2017. And then when they got moving along on it, then they could have thrown a date on it when they thought they could hit it. I think I think that's a smarter play. I, there's a lot of places out there, a lot of things these days where they announce stuff. Like I'll give you the the worst offender is is James Cameron and these, uh, you know, fi- follow up Avatar movies, you know, or whatever. I'm like, come on, James, you know, just just go away. And and when you start filming, which should give you a pretty good idea of when you're going to be able to put a movie out, you know. Uh, then you can start talking about timing and things but don't just say yeah i'd like to have it out in 2017 or 2018 or whatever when you haven't even cast it probably even finished a script or got a got anything set really so uh you know i i work in a in a in a job in a world where i try not to make promises and and set dates for things that i don't think either i don't have any information to really even set a date but uh it's better to just till you you know they start casting star trek discovery they get some scripts done which maybe they have already they probably got some scripts going at least i'm sure maybe even some finished or close to finished but you know who knows if they built any sets yet and so forth and so on so um but yeah i i thought it was just fun and i hope you guys have enjoyed some of this you know my early times with star trek and how important it was to me I've said before, you know, I, uh, I've always thought that, you know, my father uh, passed away when I was young. I was about 10 at the time. And uh, 
I've always thought, you know, it was only a couple years after that. I don't know. Uh, but I, I really started to watch Star Trek and started to use Star Trek as as sort of, you know, I've always said a surrogate family, not that surrogate family, but, you know, the especially the, the strong male people on the, the three main leads, you know, McCoy, Kirk and Spock, I, I feel like they've always been a been a trinity of of you know a person in a way you know you've got spock he's he's the smarts he's the logic and all that mccoy is of course the heart and the soul kind of uh, of the characters and, and kirk is the leader he's the commander he's the decision maker and stuff so it's 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 a great great team and and i've always thought i learned a lot from those characters without having a dad around basically you know and it's it's uh it's it's still means a lot to me and i'm glad that things are progressing i'm glad they had another movie glad they're going to get another series next year and it's exciting as uh as simon Pegg said in the uh in the first uh, 2009 star trek movie that he was in it's exciting so uh so yeah be pumped about it don't be you know down on it for whatever reason or you know there's just Oh, these days, I, I, I hate to even comment on the, the commenting of, you know, a lot of people comment on it. They either talk about the negati- negativity on the Internet and, and, and so forth. But uh, it, it's, it, it's, you know, get excited about the fun things and, and let the other stuff sort of slide by. That's what I always say. So, uh, all right, a very different kind of show. I hope you thought it was interesting. I hope I didn't sound too tired. <laughs> I just, I thought it was really worth a, a podcast worth an episode to do this i i know it's been well only it's only been a little more than a week since the official 50th anniversary uh we hit that so i thought this was an appropriate time so uh so uh, thanks so much for listening i think next week is a well it's a definitely a guest spot and i believe it is let me look at it real quickly here i think it's a uh, mark and yeah he's uh He's going to be here, our buddy Mark, who who covers all the old classic sci-fi films. Next week on the podcast, he is going to talk about a Charlton Heston classic, another Charlton Heston classic movie called The Omega Man, which is a great movie and a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, a couple last things. You can always contact me at treksf at gmail.com, treksf at gmail.com. Visit our Facebook group, uh, Treks and Sci-Fi, over on uh, Facebook. Join the group. There's also a Trex and Sci-Fi page. There's also Patreon. If you'd like to donate a dollar or two a month, that would be very much appreciated. I've got the hosting fees are due in September for the show. Uh, so uh, that can be found over at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Trex and Sci-Fi. And always you can see all the videos for the show over at Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O.com forward slash trekkie so thanks so much everyone for listening i I very much appreciate it i love having the support and you guys are great and we'll be back i'll be back in a couple of weeks actually the next time i'm back i'm going to be here with jen we're going to do a duo show which i don't think we've done before jen from the anomaly podcast and i in two weeks are going to be back or we'll be here and we're going to talk about trek as well uh talk a little bit about um Voyager and Enterprise and some recent Trek that she's watched and finished off, especially Voyager, I think. So, And talk a little bit about probably about Star Trek Beyond and other whatever else pops up in our heads. So thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.
This has been a Rico Dusty podcast production.